Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Relate Podcast. This is where we get curious about how we relate to ourselves, God, and others. And I'm your host, Casey Sunstead. So we're currently in season six of the podcast, where we've been getting curious about how we respond to all the transitions, losses, changes. They add up, leaving us with some substantial grief. I hope you've been practicing naming your grief as grief and giving it space to heal. I know I have. It's taken some practice to notice it and call it grief, but I've been dialing in and paying attention. And today, as we wrap up season six, we plan to discuss ways to find God in the midst of this grief experience. And I'm so glad, and I know our listeners are so glad that I am not alone for this conversation. That would be super boring and way less helpful. So thankfully, we're joined today by Benny and Lee. So, I mean, episode three, I think we're ready to just jump right in. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Today, we're talking (laughs) about where we can find God when we're slowing down and paying attention to our grief. I've been doing so much thinking about our conversations. Um, In between each one, I I remember things you guys said. I, I camp out there for a while, and I wanted to get your take on something that I've been thinking about since we last talked. I was thinking, Lee, about your metaphor for emotions from episode one in this season. You guys remember Lee sharing about the volume button versus versus the soundboard. Lee, can you give us just a tiny recap of that? Yeah, absolutely. That metaphor is based on the knowledge that we are not physically capable of lessening the intensity or even actual the actual feeling of one emotion. So our emotions are not like a soundboard where you can pick one knob and just turn down that one emotion. They're actually way more like a volume knob. So if you turn up one emotion, you're turning up the ability to feel all of the emotions. So if you turn up your ability to feel sadness, you are also at the same time turning up your ability to feel the joy that can come at the end of that sadness. Yeah. Okay. So good. So this is what I've been like walking around my backyard thinking about. <laughs> oh, Casey. Because I love it's so helpful to me. It it helps me welcome the sadness or the grief. I realize I can also then stay in tune with the good or favorable, you know, emotions. So what I was wondering as I was thinking about where do we find God in our grief? I know we we want to be careful about just going to God in an emotional state. That's not what I'm saying. But I was thinking about when we're turning down our emotions, I was wondering about if we're like saying no to them or not welcoming them. That's what I mean by turning down. Are we also turning down our ability to um, engage with God or to hear from him or to experience his presence. Um, Because that felt like something that I had experienced in my grief in the past. So I wondered what you guys thought about that. Do you think that there's a correlation between the two? Yeah. You know, I, I think about this, God gave us all of our emotions and he wants to engage and connect with us in all of our emotions. And I think when we close off our feelings, when we close off the part of ourselves that's dealing with grief, we not only close off ourselves to ourselves, but we also close mm-hmm. off ourselves to God as well. We're not staying open uh, to God and him meeting us in our fullness, in our wholeness. 
And so I think when we, um, God brings the healing, uh, the goal of, of staying yeah. connected and open to our emotions is to stay connected to him. And so if we're connected to him, then we can receive uh, the healing that he brings. And so, mm. uh, yeah, I think when we close it off, man, we close off ourselves from God. Yeah, that almost sounds to me, Benny, like um, trying to hide, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think in one of the episodes where we've been talking about grief, I think we did talk about showing up like God already knows. Yeah. I was thinking about a time where in my life, some I had had a lot of losses on top of each other. And they they weren't like we've been talking about smaller losses. They were like big losses. And I was um, really sitting in the middle of some grief. And I remember really specifically having a hard time being aware of God's presence. I felt like I was having a hard time hearing from him. But when I was considering this concept, I was thinking about how I think it was because I didn't want to be sitting in my sadness. And so I wasn't willing to say, I am here. I am, I am in grief. Yeah. And so... Um, how could I meet God if I wasn't willing to even acknowledge where I was? Yeah. Hmm. Goes back to the naming the grief, right? Absolutely. I wasn't willing. Yeah. I mean, I knew I was sad, but um, I think I wanted out quickly. Like, God, hmm. where are you? Get me out of here. Fix this. Yeah. Instead of, oh gosh, here's where I am. Come and join me. Yeah. We want to know the end of the story. I, I think I want to know it and I want it to be there right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And less now, I mean, I really have been so inspired and encouraged by our conversation because I do now more see what we gain. I remember Benny painting the picture for us about what happens when we'll name our grief. And so I think I'm thankful for this conversation because I don't feel that way as much as I think I have in the past. Okay, so Benny, I would love to just, I was going to use a a baseball metaphor and then I totally (laughs) hit the ball, pitch it to you. I don't know. I shouldn't. (laughs) Hey, I appreciate you trying. I know. As someone who loves baseball, come on. Like, I appreciate the effort there. And I think it's because I'm not watching baseball. Like, Mm, yeah. You missed it. We need a little baseball so my my baseball metaphors can come back. Okay. So, (laughs) Benny, can you just. Help us understand, what would you say to someone who's making room to feel their grief and also wants to be able to know where God is when they're sitting there? Yeah. Well, let me say, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's one of my favorite topics, especially the question, where is God in this? Where is God mm-hmm. as I'm naming my grief? Where is God as I'm feeling the emotions of grief? is because I think about my own story and the grief that I've walked through and how I've noticed and seen God. So I love to actually encourage people in that. But uh, the first thing that I would say, I would remind everyone that grief is a pathway to God. Grief leads us on a journey and it's not a quick, fast, and a hurry. You don't, you don't spend a day or spend an hour and then move on quickly, but it actually is a pathway that is full of goodness, that is full of healing, that is full of wholeness. And so in that pathway, I would say there are three things that I would highlight and say stands out when you're asking where is God. Number one is when we make room for our grief, we get closer to the heart of God. So all of what I'm about to say is founded in scripture. So I want you to know that even as we're, <laughs> as we're diving into it, man, it's scripture. But I mm. think about this idea of getting closer to the heart of God And immediately what comes to my mind is Psalms chapter 34. And in verse 15, David, the writer of the Psalm, depicts God as a loving father 
who watches over his children and listens to their cries. Psalms mm-hmm. 34, 15, David is saying, God watches over his children and he listens to their cries. God is like a loving parent who's listening to your grief, listening to you name it, listening to you cry out. But here's the beautiful part. A couple verses down in verse 18 of Psalms 34, here's what David said. He reminds us that God is near the brokenhearted and the grieving. So not only does God listen to our cries, listen to our grief as we name it, but he also draws near, he draws closer to us. The example that I think of, and I know we have many parents listening on this call, but I think about uh, a mom or dad holding their kid. And you're holding their kid and they're, they're sleeping, they're resting in your arms. They're close to you already. But you think if they start to cry or start to cry, they start to get fussy or, you know, they start to move a little bit. There's something that auto instinctively happens with a mom or a dad is that they pull that kid closer to them. They hold them a little bit tighter. So as we're naming our grief, as we're naming our pain, what I see God do is he actually pulls us closer And he pulls us tighter. We draw closer. He draws closer to us and we draw closer to God. So that's the first thing I would say. As we as we make room for our grief, we actually draw closer to God. Whoa, Benny, that is really powerful and really hitting me right where I am. And Mm -hmm. it reminds me of um, I think it was our first conversation we had where we talked about the should of our feelings. Yeah. And when we start to judge our feelings and feel, gosh, I've been sad a lot lately and I shouldn't be so sad. And um, we, we start to feel some shame about the way we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And when we feel shame, we often hide, right? That, that makes us want to hide. And so that blows my mind thinking about that and now talking about how our sadness shouldn't make us hide from God. It's not a bad thing we should feel shame and want to hide. It literally brings us a pathway to God. Um, I've been doing a lot of bike riding and our bike path. When you said pathway, I like literally pictured this bike path where there's nowhere to go, but on the path, there's trees on every side. It's leading me to something. That was such a powerful, just that word pathway. And the difference between feeling shame and hiding from God, but actually our grief leads us to the heart of God. Yeah. yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. It leads us. He draws closer. We draw closer to him. It, there mm-hmm. is a freedom there. There is a sense of, hey, I'm not alone. So when I can name it, when I can articulate it, when I actually can bring it to God, God is right there with us. Um, and he actually comes closer to us. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the second thing that I would say, um, it just point out, is that grief is, it, it's not just okay. Like it's, mm. like we, we've talked a lot about this of like, is it okay to have grief? Is it, is it okay to have sadness? It's not just only okay, but it's actually worth doing. That our grief, as we name it, as we bring it to light, as we bring it to God, it actually presents us with uh, an opportunity. And so in earlier episodes, Casey, we had talked about how there is healing on the other side of grief. Yeah. I think Lee had actually named that of like when we actually can name it, when, it's, when we lean into it, there's actually healing on the other side of it. And I think about 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. We have Paul, the writer here, and here's what Paul says. He says, 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Like, did you, did you see that? Did you notice that? Not only does God actually comfort us in our troubles, it's okay to name it. It's okay to say it. It's okay to bring it to God because God comforts us. We draw close to him, but then he allows us to comfort others in any trouble with the comfort that we receive from God. Scripture reminds us to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn and grieve with those who mourn, but we're able to grieve and mourn with others because we've received comfort from God. So we then can offer them that same comfort, that same healing that God offered to us. We can offer it to them. So grief is not just okay to name it. Please name it, bring it to God because he draws (laughs) close to us, but it also presents us with an opportunity to offer Mm. comfort to other people. That's really helpful for someone like me who has a hard time at times. I'm recovering from this, but doing something just for myself. So I do want to do this just for myself. I want to heal. But then even better than that, in that healing, in that comfort I've received, I can give that comfort to others. Like, sign me Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, Yeah. 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 It's always an opportunity. I think it is our collective sort of, you know, we we talk about grief. And talked about not doing it alone, like not like as you name it, as you bring out the emotions, as you sort of give it room and space, don't do it alone. I think Lee's even going to talk about a little bit about that later, but there is an opportunity there that as we name ours, as we bring our grief out, as God comforts us, we also get an opportunity to comfort others. I was with a friend yesterday, a dear old friend who is a safe place for me, who knows me really, really well. And the natural course of the conversation, something came up where I shared an old hurt that I had. And I hadn't talked about it for years. It was literally like a 15-year-old hurt that I had. And it just came up. And so I shared it with her. And I even said, I don't think I've shared this with anybody other than my husband 15 years ago. And so I told her the story and all she said was, that sounds about right. And I was like, you just affirmed my feelings. Good job, (laughs) friend. (laughs) And she was able to enter into it with me because she has experienced so much pain, um, similar and, and from the same type of circumstance. So yeah, somebody just saying, that sounds about right. I think we've talked about, yes, I think we've talked about how when somebody denies your reality, it causes more trauma, but she did the opposite of that and like affirmed your reality and that it gives you care and the space to heal. That's, that's a good friendly. Yep. It is. It is. You know, it's interesting because it's, she, she was there with you, Mm. but her being there also brought God, it brought the Mm. humanity, it brought the fullness, it brought God entering into that space with you. So yeah, that's so good. So good. Well, I think the last thing that I would say when we're, when we're asking the question, hey, where's God at in my grief as I'm beginning to feel the emotions and the pains, where's God in this? Um, I think the last piece and maybe the most important piece, maybe the simplest piece, is God is actually right there with us. He's right there with us in our pain 
and in our grief. Man, there are so many scriptures all throughout the Bible. And if, if we had hours, I could go through all of them, <laughs> just pointing out. Jesus Benny can just post them all in the show notes. Yeah. It'll be like there 17 pages. <laughs> just put the but Bible I, there. <laughs> but I won't do that. We could. It basically, it's just the Bible. Yep. <laughs> but there are a few that, man, just, I think, just jump out. The first is in Psalms chapter 139. Here's a, here's a passage of scripture. This entire chapter is reminding us that there is nowhere that we can go to escape God's loving presence. If I break it down a little further, verses one through six, David is explaining how God knows us inside and out. Like he knows us better than we even know ourselves. But then in verse seven, David says this, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me. God is right there with us. There's nowhere that we can go to escape God's presence. If you want to take it even further, let's look into the New Testament because some people will, will say, man, that's the Old Testament, Benny. What about <laughs> the New Testament? Well, I think Jesus pointed out to us in Matthew chapter 28, his promise was this. He says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The comfort that we have, the peace that we have, the thing that we can rely on as we're naming our grief, as we're naming our pain, is that God is with us. Let me give you a popular one, right? So a lot of people, maybe it, quote this, it maybe is one of the most popular psalm psalms chapter 23 the lord is my shepherd you know people get excited in the in the black church man you start talking the lord is my shepherd head start <laughs> nodding and mm, i mean just, i'm not my head benny <laughs> yeah that goodness starts to come but it's interesting in verse four here's one of the most key parts of the scripture david says though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will not fear because you are with me. God is with them in the valley of the shadow of death, in the grief, in the pain, man, God is right there with us. That's, that's the thing we can hold on. That's the thing we can anchor our ship down. We can anchor our life down as we name our grief. We can be reassured, Casey. We can be reassured, <laughs> Lee, that Thank you, Benny. God is right <laughs> they're with us y'all like that's, that's good news that's that's courage to continue on and to fight mm -hmm. forward god is right there with us hey let me give you one last thing right because i told you i could talk about this all day but there you know one of my favorite bible verses and for us who have kids you know a lot of times we're teaching the bible stories uh, teaching our kids about the children of israel um, and and walking through the red sea but one of my favorites is found in Daniel chapter three. It's where the children of Israel were in captivity. And you have three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they make a commitment and a vow to God. And long story short, they, they, they wouldn't bow down to the king. The king throws them to, into the fire. And here they are in the fire. And the king looks into the fire. And here's what the king says. He says, didn't we throw three people in there? And the guards say, yes, we did, king. We threw three people in there. He said, but I see four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Like right there in the fire, right there in the hardest moment, God is right there in that thing with us, y'all. So 
the courage, again, the thing that we can stand on, the most important piece as we begin to name our grief is that God's with us. He's not left you alone. And in the moments where it's hard, where it's painful and it's difficult, he actually draws closer to you. He offers you comfort so that you can actually offer comfort to other people. Yeah. He jumps right in to the furnace or the grief with you. Absolutely. Thank you for reminding us or telling us or painting a a living picture of us, of um, God's in it with us. Where is God? He is right here, as close as the air we breathe. As close as the air we breathe. He's close every breath you take. God is in it. He breathed the breath of life inside of you. He's right there with you. Whoa. Okay, so I'm convinced. I <laughs> well, I'm bored. Hey, hey, if you wasn't, I can throw fifteen thousand more <laughs> verses at you if you want. We're man. just posting the Bible, Betty. We're just the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping our listeners are with me and feeling the same way. And oh man, just um, okay. So I'm in my grief, and God is here with me. Lee, we've been on this whole journey, this whole conversation about, okay, I'm going to name it as grief, and I, I now see and know that God is with me in my grief. This might seem like a kind of a crazy question, but how do I grieve? Like, what do I do once I've named it? Give us some practical how-to when it comes to, to grief. So the first thing to remember is always that all of our responses to our grief are normal. So you see yourself going down a path or doing something or behaving a certain way because you're sad or you're experiencing grief. Those responses are normal, um, but it's also helpful to remember that not all responses are helpful. For example, when I get sad, what I want to do is eat a whole lot of popcorn and as many homemade warm out of the oven chocolate chip cookies as I can. That's my normal response. I want to fill up the sadness, make myself feel better. And so I will, I will do that. It's normal and it's okay to do that every once in a while. So if I do that all the time, I'm numbing my feelings and not taking care of my heart. I can do that every once in a while. And then I need to go and feel my feelings. Another thing that we can do is name our grief specifically. So Mm -hmm. when you find yourself feeling a little melancholy, sometimes we don't even know why we're sad. We just know we feel sad. So we might have to actually ask ourselves the question, what am I sad about? And you lead yourself in your grief journey by just asking the question and, and naming the grief. And that'll help you get through it. And you can name that sadness. You can feel that sadness and be like, Okay, I can move forward now. It's yeah, that actually helpful. resonates with me a lot. I I remember saying that to my husband quite often, like, I'm really sad today and I'm not even really sure why. And I find myself in that space a lot when it is these, like when something, like let's say I've lost a loved one and I'm feeling sad, I'm, I'm going to have a little bit more <laughs> awareness why. But when, it, when it's what we've been talking about, these little losses that pile up, sometimes yeah. I have a hard time identifying like, okay, what is it that, that, that I'm feeling today or why? And so um, I really resonate with that, naming it really specifically. And I think just because of where this conversation just came from, I'm thinking, and we can invite God to give us wisdom about our feelings. Benny yeah. said, God gave us our feelings. And so if we're in that place of, I don't know why I'm feeling sad today and I'm going to, I'm going to pay attention. We can invite God into that space and 
ask him to help us. So another thing that I think is helpful to remember is that grief is not linear. Um, we think, you know, we're going to follow the path of grief and we're going to feel it and then we're going to be mad and then we're going to be whatever story we tell ourselves that our grief should look like. We have to let go of that and realize that our feelings don't follow a, a map. <laughs> they're going to go all over the place. And so sometimes we're going to feel happy and then we're going to feel sad and then we're going to feel happy again, but then we may feel sad again. And that's just all part of the journey and it happens naturally, but it's good to know so that we can welcome those emotions when, when we hit and we don't shame ourselves out of them or should ourselves out of them. Yeah, um, yeah. We can welcome them when they come. So another really helpful tool that I learned actually more recently in my grief journeys is that it's really important to make an appointment with your grief. So you actually want to set aside time to feel the feels so that mm -hmm. you're less likely to be blindsided with your emotions or with your grief or with your sadness. Mm. Um, we talked about when we don't name it as grief, it's going to go down in the dark place and then that's where it festers and grows and yeah. pops up like the beach ball, right? Pops yeah. up. Yes. So this Maybe. is really interesting talking about like setting aside time to let the beach ball up. Mm -hmm. Is that what you would say? So we keep using that beach ball analogy and it's super helpful because it makes me think of um, when I'm in a situation where I may not want to burst into tears. <laughs> For example, if I'm at a party and I'm hanging out with my friends and I'm having a great time, but something happens there that reminds me of something that I was sad about before. Yeah. And all of a sudden that emotion just overtakes me. And that's gonna happen. We can't fully prepare ourselves and take ourselves away from that, that risk, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but if we make an appointment to feel the feelings, like if I'm walking into a circumstance where I know that there are going to be triggering things, if I set aside time to think about that before I even get there, then I can feel the feelings. I can cry the tears and then I can pick myself up and wash my face and show up at that party, <laughs> knowing that I'm going to see that thing that reminds me that I'm an empty nester or whatever it is that's been underneath there. And I can be like, yeah. Yeah, that's sad. And then I might be able to re-engage more quickly because I've set aside time to feel those feelings and anticipated yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, can I ask a question, Lee? So yeah. you mentioned making the appointment, which I think is incredible. Like my mind is blown right now of making an appointment <laughs> with my grief. And I think me as a, a fast paced, like I don't have time for that. I got to keep moving. And I think this, the message society gives us as well. You got to keep moving, stay happy, be joyful. But you talked about making an appointment before. Would it be okay to make an appointment after? Let's say I encountered the grief. You used the example at the party. I encountered the moment, the sadness, whatever it might have been. I didn't have time to prepare for that. Is it okay to actually make the appointment afterwards? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that, Benny, because it'll help you get through the moment. Yeah. You know, if you are in a situation where you want to show up well for somebody else, that may not be the best time to show up with your own grief as well, right? We want to leave space for theirs. But if something comes up and it's your, your, you feel that feeling, if you know in your mind, it will actually, that, that you can visit that feeling later, that you can set aside time to, to show up even if it's as soon as you make it to your car after that party mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you can let it out, 
But if you bookmark that in your mind and say, yep, that's important. I need to revisit that. And then make sure that you revisit it. That's going to help you the next time that comes up. Thanks for asking that, Bunny, because yeah. that's really important. No, that's good. That's good. Because <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's actually a discipline and I don't want to like get mm. stuck on this making an appointment with your grief, but I think it's so key and vital is that it's almost like a discipline, like because it's not normal and natural Absolutely. for us, we want to move past this idea of making an appointment. Maybe if I put it on my calendar, maybe if it's, I bookmark it in my mind that, hey, afterwards, I need to feel this, uh, feel the grief, feel the sadness, feel the emotion so that I can move on, like that is key. So yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like tracking with Benny's story and going like, okay, I, yeah, if I'm running around and kind of paying attention to life, but maybe not paying attention to my grief, and then I sit down for my appointment, I might be like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah, I, I, I think it wouldn't take you long to get there if mm. you truly sit with yourself. Um, I was sitting, I was listening to a podcast this morning, actually, when I was walking and it was talking about how we can, um, we can make decisions that are going to allow ourselves to be still and notice what's around us. And, um, we can outwardly make decisions that take us to a place where we can feel our feelings. But if we don't really visit our heart in those moments, then we're not entering into it. So. And I have a tendency to do that too. So I'll tell myself, it's good to be still. You need to sit still. You need to, you know, calm your mind and not keep running so fast. You're getting tired, that kind of thing. So I can sit still. I've actually gotten pretty good at it. But I also am pretty good at sitting still and not thinking or connecting with my heart. Mm -hmm. So you have to make an appointment and you have to enter into it with your heart. Um, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Don't, don't shame yourself over it. Okay, I guess I'm not sad about it anymore. But if it bubbles up again, you pay attention to it and you make another appointment. That's so helpful, Lee. Thank you. You know, that, that's so interesting, Lee. And I, even as you're talking about that, making appointments, sitting with your feelings, you know, one of the things that I have learned, one of the things that, you know, friends of mine encourage me is my breath of even when mm -hmm. I sit to make an appointment, there's something about taking deep breaths and breathing. Like we use this spiritual practice of breathing in, in our walk with God of like, hey, slow down, take a deep breath. Remember God's presence is there. So we're inviting God into our, our grief and our pain. And we're also helping our body remember it by just simply breathing in that appointment. So as you're mentioning, in a sitting there, being there, I think, often about breath and there's something about taking a deep mm. breath begins to sort of connect those feelings and the emotions and mm. allows me the space to actually engage with them. You guys, I've been on a journey. I, I know you have taken our listeners on a journey of, I'm not sure I want to even call this grief to seeing the value of calling it grief. And now knowing that God is in our grief with us and knowing what to do to grieve. So I'm so grateful for the space you guys have made to join us. And I can't believe how much fun I've had talking about grief with the two of you. <laughs> it really has who, been. <laughs> who knew you could have fun talking about grief? Not me. So um, just thank you. Thank you for joining us mm -hmm. to um, learn about how we relate with our grief.
Yeah. Thank you so much for having us, Casey. This really has been just like hanging out with my good buddies, talking about something that's really important to me, um, life-giving and sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Casey. Lee, thank you for your wisdom. Man, there are so many mic drops throughout this time. I'm like, man, it's goodness, goodness <laughs> everywhere. So thank you guys for both uh, being a part of this and doing this. As we wrap up this conversation and this season, we have some discussion questions to help you consider your feelings and your experience with this conversation. Our hope is that you not only get curious about your take on the questions, but that you would gather with some trusted people and share your thoughts and experiences with them. We really think you'll learn more into how you relate when you process together in relationship than you would just engaging on your own. So here are the questions. I'll read each one and give you a moment to consider your response. Question one, when you consider welcoming your grief as a way to invite God into your experience, What feelings pop up for you? Do you notice any fear? Whatever feelings pop up for you, practice welcoming them without judgment. Question two. In today's conversation, Benny painted a beautiful picture for us about how grief is a pathway to God and actually brings us closer to the complete heart of God. What did you learn about God from today's conversation? When you consider a God who weeps and grieves, how does that challenge the perception of God that you may have had in the past? And question three, Lee gave us some helpful tips on how to engage with our grief. Was there one tool that you plan to use to connect with yourself and to connect with God in your grief? When this week can you make time to do so? Well, thank you for joining us for this conversation on how our transitions, interruptions, and losses leave us with feelings of grief. We hope you learned about how you relate to yourself, God, and others in those feelings. If this was a helpful conversation, perhaps you know someone else who would benefit from listening. Maybe you could share this season with them. We would love to hear from you about your experience and your learnings. It's not as much fun just hearing ourselves talk. We also want to hear from you. Would you join the conversation on our social media platforms or email about your experience in this season to relate at willowcreek.org. As this season wraps up, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and following us on social media so you know when a new season is available. Until then, you can catch up on other seasons of the Relate podcast. There's a helpful guide to the seasons on willowcreek.org relate so you can see what's covered in each season and pick where to go back and begin. Whichever season you choose, we will see you there. <laughs>